0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Beyond Light price increase. It's actually a higher price point than previous expansions. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at Rage.com. That'll bring you right to the live channel. Whenever we're here Monday through Friday during the day doing these conversations, if you want to hit subscribe and the bell button, that's helpful, or you can click join. I'm actually going to start uploading the question and answer sessions and VIP sessions for members only as another perk to paying members. So if you want to click that join button, you will have access to Q&A and VIP sessions again as individual uploads. That's a perk I'm offering to you. So... I want to walk through some things here, because some people are like, what do you mean price increase, what are you talking about, this might be slipping past people, which is totally fine, this is not me signaling some alarm bells of like, oh my gosh, we're getting ripped off, but the price point of Beyond Light is different than it's ever been anytime they've ever delivered an expansion, so I'm going to start off the video by just giving you a little bit of a history lesson of like how they've always structured price points and seasons and everything else, then in the middle I want to talk about value, something that I started noticing with the seasonal format and the a la carte seasons as well as free to play value is getting a little bit lost in the shuffle I think and then I want to end by saying we need a solid outline and obviously today we got something we got the you know the, the Europa map and some other things we'll do a separate video about that so let's walk through a little bit of history just within Destiny 2 it's it's not been the same as Destiny 1 so in Destiny 1 you got Taken King for 40 and then Rise of Iron for 30 And then when Forsaken rolled around, they called it Season of the Outlaw, but there wasn't any sort of explanation as to what came with Season of the Outlaw because then they did Season of the Forge, Season of the Drifter, and Season of Opulence. So there was a season for Forsaken just included in the $40 price point. So season was included kind of. They didn't really break it apart, but for $40, you got everything. You got Forsaken and anything that was available at that time whether it was considered seasonal content or not. Then, Shadowkeep was 35 and Season of the Undying was just included. So, Shadowkeep was actually cheaper than Forsaken, and it included Season of the Undying. Season of the Undying gave you Vex Offensive, the Vex Offensive Pool, the Vex Invasions, uh, and then, obviously, the Season Pass with all of the items on it. Okay? So, 40 and then 35 Now, with Beyond Light... Beyond Light is 40 plus 10 for the season. So if you want this expansion and sort of everything happening around it, it's $50. It's more expensive than we've ever had to spend at the time of an expansion. We've never had to drop a 50 spot on an expansion before. Whether it was, uh, you know, Shadowkeep, Taking King, Rise of Iron, and the only reason I'm highlighting this is because this is supposed to be a bit of a turning point for the franchise, and a price increase is a little is a little not necessarily strange or worrisome, but it's going to need to be, uh, in some respect, uh, not necessarily I would say justified, but it needs to make sense. There's about a 105 meg update today. It needs to make sense, and that's why I want to talk about value, because the value that you get as a paying consumer right now in Destiny is getting a little muddy. It's getting a little bit harder to see, and the best example I can give you, if you're listening to the audio version, you'll have to do this on your own, but if you go to Bungie.net and you click on Seasons, and you go to Season of Arrivals, it's actually really difficult to see what you get as a paying consumer versus the free consumer and what you have to do is you have to scroll down to the seasonal information progression and ranks and it says included with the season pass so they have this nice big teal box and then they have this gray box to show you what you get in season of arrivals and the top half It's one, two, three, four, five, six. There are six bullet points. Six bullet points that are identical. The dungeon, the public activity, moments of triumph, solstice of heroes, new artifact with mods to unlock, and then new seasonal progress or whatever. Those are all identical bullet points. So we know you get more on the season pass as a paying consumer. Then you get new weekly mission, new exotic weapon quest. Okay, so those two things are actually... You get those. Those are extra for paying. And then here, instantly unlock the exotic grenade launcher. Okay, so that's an instant unlock, so that's not really extra. It's not exclusive. They get it too. Free-to-play players get it too. Instantly unlock the seasonal armor set. Again, they get it too. So really, all you're getting in the bullet points here, I know we got more than the the free customers, but as far as communication goes for, we got two things here. Two bullet points and then bonus XP. Everything else you can get if you're free. Now, I am not saying that like I got ripped off when I bought Season of the Arrivals. What I'm saying is, this is poor communication. The value transmission here is super, super muddled. Free-to-play players, it seems like they get everything. It's like, oh wow, they, they, they're getting almost everything I'm getting. What am I actually paying for? And this is why I'm saying, going into going into Beyond Light, since you are now requiring me to buy Beyond Light for the 40 and then the Season for 10, I feel there needs to be a very, very clear list of what I'm getting as a paying consumer versus the free-to-play players. There are some people who believe free-to-play has been bad for the game, and I don't want to I don't want to start agreeing with them because I do feel like free-to-play was a smart move and good for the game long-term, but if it starts to feel like a paying consumer doesn't get a whole lot more than a free consumer, that's worrisome with respect to value transmission that can hurt loyalty because the longer that you, you know, are, are playing the game, the more you want to feel like you're getting a return of your investment of time. And it's a return of your investment of of money. And I think the message right now that they sent with Season of Arrivals, I don't think that messaging will work with respect to 40 for Beyond Light, 10 for the Season. Now, people are like, well, it's only $10, Lono. You know you're going to play. Hear me on this. Yes. I'm not worried. I'm willing to spend the money. You know, last year for year three, if you wanted Shadowkeep and everything, it was 60 Beyond Light and all of year 4 is 70 It's literally only a $10 price point for the entire year. And I'm not worried that, oh my word, what a ripoff. I'm simply saying, we need, last section of the video here, we need a solid outline, okay? This is the splash page for Europa. Very generic, but at least we have a map. We have no idea what map scaling is used here. I think it looks twice the size, roughly, of the EDZ. Others are saying it has less named locations than the EDZ and is therefore... Smaller or roughly the same size. Again, we don't know scope and size. If you click on these little links here, some of the images look—I mean, the areas look absolutely massive—and the and the little ads and enemies look very very small. Uh, but you know, that's that's going to remain uh, to be seen. But this to me, this to me is not uh, is not actually an an outline of value. This is very very uh, generic. It's very very basic. I want to have more information in my hands and you should as well as the consumer to understand what am I getting for the 40. These are separate discussions, by the way. What am I getting for the 40 and Beyond Light? That all needs to be listed out. What am I getting on Europa? Since free-to-play players can go to Europa, by the way, all patrollable areas are free for all players. So as a paying consumer, what am I getting on Europa that they're not getting? Is there an activity? We know there's a raid. We know there's a strike. We know there's a dungeon. So raid, dungeon, strike, is that all I'm getting? Is that it for the 40? Is there anything else? Obviously, there's probably a campaign and then the loot. But the question remains, what am I getting for the 40? In a totally separate, I believe a totally separate you know, page and list what do I get for the $10 and why do I want to spend that $10 what's it adding in addition what am I getting in addition to Europa uh, campaign new stasis subclasses for the 10 spot in that season am I getting Because think about what we got in Shadowkeep the, the Season of the Undying was included in the 35, and you got four weapons, a whole armor set, and an, and an entire activity, and then the Vex invasions would happen on the moon, and that could drop some of that loot for you as well. That was all just thrown in. Are we getting that significant amount of, of content? I, and I know Vex Offensive was very basic and the loot pool was very small, but still... It was content. It was something to do. And if you look at the Season of Arrivals bullet points, it's like, anybody can get all of this. There's like a couple of things I get extra. Anybody can play Contact Public Event. Anybody gets all these things. They need to have very, very clear marketing messages sent. Because if not, I think a lot of folks are going to say, why on earth am I paying more money for a delayed, a delayed expansion? That is also, this was brought up this morning by somebody from chat, we're, we're having content removed. You know, and I'm again, I'm not bringing this up because I'm worried, but as a consumer, it's like, okay, so you're ripping out half the game, you're charging me more money than last year in the previous expansion price points. Is there going to be a noticeable difference in substance, size, quantity, and what I'm getting as the as the, as the purchaser, as the player, or is it going to feel like, man, why why on earth did they did they even do this? Why on earth did they even cost you know spend this much? I believe, okay, I believe that we will actually get a very very good expansion, and we're actually going to get you know an increase in value and in ex- experience. But that remains to be communicated by Bungie. We'll have to wait and see what they communicate in October. If the free content starts gobbling up the messaging and muddying the waters, I don't think that's going to be a good look for pre-orders, for purchases and for new players or existing players feeling like $50 is worth it. It's $10 shy of a new game if you want everything for Beyond Light. So we're going to transition to Q&A and VIP. Again, if you want access to those videos as opposed to using the timestamps below, uh, you just have to be a paying member, okay? As always, if you're listening elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that follow my talk about the Beyond Light price increase in comparison to past expansions. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, you can always catch these live. And if you're a paying member on YouTube, you should now see these as individual uploads. Again, I'm bringing back the individual uploads, but I am putting it out there for members only, because if not, it'll, it'll hurt the metrics of the channel. But if it's members only, it's its own new beta thing, you should be able to see it. If you'd like to see it, you know, you can always click join on the YouTube to see those later, or just keep using the timestamps. Clap for you, coming in with the first question. Don't you believe price increases necessary evil to push forward with new content, new quality of life, and giving Bungie the financial aspect of creating what we uh, all long for in the future? Uh, Look how much they are taking out of the Eververse, for example. Um... This doesn't work, though, if you're going to try to say this to the consumer. Does that make sense? Like, I get where you're coming from, and I can agree with you on principle that I've always said I want Bungie to make just Bundles of cash because that helps the game continue. I want their staff members to feel good and confident in the franchise's future I want people to get bonuses. I want people to get really really healthy salaries I want Bungie to expand and hire new people These are all things that I want to have happen Uh, Like as as a consumer that doesn't froth at the mouth when there's a delay and throw a hissy fit on Twitter or reddit when something doesn't go My way and you know say terrible things Okay, I don't do that. And 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 most people that don't would I think generally say, you know, it's probably okay that price points are going up. It's probably okay that their profit margins are increasing. But by and large, consumers don't want to hear that. You know, it it'd be one thing if you went to like a local restaurant and the guys like, "Hey, you know, all of our all of our menu prices have gone up a little bit, you know, 75 cents." for every item, you know, and what we're trying to do is expand. It would allow us to have a larger staff, more weight staff, hire another cook, get another, you know, get another cook line going, uh, you know, expand the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. Now, if, if, if he said that to you and even put the messaging in the menu, I think most people would be like, well, I love this place and I love Hank. Sure, that's totally fine. But when you look at a company the size of Bungie, that has micro-spending, it has a micro-spending store that seemingly is very successful and they, they have, look at the engaged player base every, you know, every day, roughly a million players a day, even during, uh, even during dry spells it's hard to come back and be like, well if you, if you give us this extra money now, it's going to invest in the game's future I don't think that kind of dialogue is going to land all that well with the, with the consumers I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm just saying I don't think Bungie could ever come out and say anything that even indicates this. The best thing you can do as a developer is say, here are all the things you're getting. What am I getting for the 40 and what am I getting for the 10 and then you let the consumer decide. You should never come out and be like, yeah, we broke it apart because we need more money for the future. That wouldn't go well. People would be like, are you friggin' kidding me? You guys sell X number of, you know, Eververse items and blah, blah, blah. Like, it wouldn't, I don't think it would land well. I think you're far better off. This is why at the end of my video, I said, we need a clear outline. I need a crystal clear outline. What? What am I getting for the 40? and then totally separate on its own page with its with its own images and lists and even a trailer what am i getting for the 10 i'm not trying to like throw down a gauntlet here but it's like listen if they're going if they're going to make this change I need to know exactly what I'm getting. Now, I don't need detail. I don't need pictures of the weapons or pictures of the strikes and the bosses. I don't need to, like, a, a, every like jot and tittle of how long the campaign's gonna last, but there shouldn't be any doubt in your mind that, okay, this is what I'm getting for the 40, this is what I'm getting for the 10, then you make up your mind as the consumer. If if they don't do that, I think it's fair to say, I've, I'm just gonna wait. I want to see and I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're if they're if they're known for anything, they're known for two things. They're known for marketing and hype, but they're also known for really outlining everything we get with calendars and everything else. Now, I don't I hope they don't they don't like tuck tail and run and keep things mysterious like they did with The Rivals. It was almost like The Bastion Secret Quest Made them com- completely reevaluate like what a season calendar should look like. And I think the seasonal calendars are terrible now. They're muddy. They're, cl- they're not clear. I can't tell. It's not in order some of the times. It's not even chronological. It's all over the dadgum place. Because people got irritated about the Bastion being on the season pass calendar. And then we got the Bastion from Quarters of time. And everybody was irritated. And it's like, if it would have said Mystery Exotic... Then we all would have been surprised by it. We hadn't seen it. We hadn't seen the name of it. Although it probably would have been data mined. Um I you know what I'm saying? I hope I think they it's like they got stung. They got their hand slapped and they didn't like it. It's like, ooh, this cool quarter's a time event. And then they'll unlock the Bastion and everyone threw a hissy fit about it. And then I think Bungie got their pride hurt a little bit, and they're like, okay, fine we'll start leaving things a mystery then. We won't tell you anything. With Season of Arrivals, we didn't know anything until the day it went live, all the pages went live on Bungie.net. If they take a similar approach here with Beyond Light, and we spend the next month getting breadcrumbs and no substantive information about anything... I, that's. I think that's a failure to properly market an expansion. Expansions need to really, really convince people. This ain't some ten dollar a la carte season that people can skip or buy or maybe be convinced later to get because their friends have it. This is this is the annual expansion. It's it's got to be. Um, it, it, it's got to be delivered on a silver platter to a certain degree, especially with how they kind of marketed it already. They've kind of set this up to be a pretty big moment in the game you know it's our first darkness subclass and the strangers coming back that's not small you know next question from 4k manning thanks for touching on this topic it's great uh, feeling to have creators hear us my question is with what we got in forsaken for $40 on paper from twabs we know beyond light has less content across all known activities well we actually don't know this yet do you think Bungie is going to surprise us are we getting ripped off yeah we don't know this yet this is what I've been trying to say We don't know what the activity is. There's a seasonal activity. We don't know what content is even on Europa. We don't. All we know now is there's a bunch of locations. That's it. And we know there's going to be a campaign and one strike, a dungeon, and a raid. That's it. That's all we know. We don't know what the activities are going to hold. We don't know what kind of loot pool updates there'll be. How many new guns are getting added to the game. uh, How many new armor sets. We don't know any of that. All we have are screenshots of of an armor set and five weapons. That's all we got. So... At this point, there's no way to know whether or not we're going to get ripped off or get enough because we don't know anything. This right here, this is the first amount of any substance we've gotten. Everything we know about Stasis and about Beyond Light was all very generic flyover. This map is the first bit of substance we've we've gotten with respect to Beyond Light. We, we can actually get to look, like, take a peek at Europa. Um, I, you know, outside of that, I, you know... Yeah, we're getting less strikes, that is true. But then I suppose that leads to a question. It begs the question, what are we getting in its place? If if you're not if you're not adding a bunch of new strikes, you're adding one strike on Europa and then you're having one DCV strike return with two more staggered to return in other seasons. Okay, so strikes aren't going to be the centerpiece content. What will be? I'm dropping 50 bucks. And that's 10 bucks shy of a new game. And two strikes and two patrol areas ain't it. Like, we need more than that. I know we're getting new subclasses. I'm telling you, there's got to be a moment where there's like a laundry list of everything we're going to get. Um... Strikes have proven to not be front burner content that they're going into. Yeah, we've kind of had that debate for a while. I'm not saying whether this is right or wrong. I've just been trying to show you strikes have kind of been deprioritized over the years. They don't feel like a center, a centerpiece of attention for Bungie. So, this is this would have been the D3 in a sense a lot of people don't agree with that take I happen to have that take I think we're going to get a junk ton and they're keeping the cards close to the chest because this was meant to be they built on the foundation of Destiny 3 and I don't think we've seen anything yet I think we're getting a glimpse we're getting a teeny glimpse I really think things are going to ramp up in October with respect to marketing and information Darksider, with Bungie having seven twabs left till Beyond Light, which has to be split between Beyond Light, Season 12, Quality of Life changes, do you think Bungie has enough time or twabs to convey the value of Beyond Light and the season to the player base? I think I saw you even say this in in Discord too, one of those seven has to be for Fessel the Lost, so you got six, basically. You got six, one of them is Trials and, and Sandbox, now that might not be all we get, it might be part of it, but yeah, Beyond Light, Season 12, Quality of Light changes. Here's the thing, TWABs don't necessarily have to talk about Season 12 or Beyond Light. Sometimes they say, hey, in case you missed it, we got a new splash page and a new trailer for Season 12, and then the rest of the TWAB will be about, like, Quality of Life changes. They don't, does that make sense? Twabs don't necessarily get hijacked by marketing. A lot of times they'll kickstart the twab and say, hey, in case you missed it, we did a big stream and a vid doc about all the new changes to Armor 2.0. Be sure to go check that out. And then they get down into the meat and say, okay, here's some information on quality of life changes and updates that we're bringing to X X, Y, and Z so TWABs are not necessarily gonna get taken over again there could be a like this week for example this week is gonna point to this they're gonna say in case you missed it we have a Europa trailer and a Europa splash page and they'll have links and then below that they get into the meat of hey we got an update on leveling and the artifacts you know be that so I'm not too concerned about oh there's not enough twabs left because twabs don't necessarily put the marketing front and center it's usually an in case you miss it at the beginning I don't understand why you're saying strikes have been deprioritized they deprioritized the regular strike playlist they made nightfall ordeals uh, the primary means to farm endgame currency nightfalls have been more important than dungeons only raids are on par with having their uh, own loot pool without new regular strikes are we going to be farming the same ordeals forever this is a fair point um I just think for me, in year 3 especially, it was clear that they shifted away from strikes and they shifted more towards farmable, uh, loopable content. Um But that is a fair point. If one of the main grinds for endgame currency and then adept weapons are also potentially coming to strikes in Season 13, they said, then are we literally going to be playing the same Nightfall ordeals for the next 12 months? Now, they are shuffling some strikes out and they're shuffling in two in Beyond Light and then two more. So, you know, by the end of year year four, there's going to be four new strikes in the mix. This is one of the reasons why I thought a seasonal strike playlist would be really good because they could handpick four or five strikes, update them, add new things to them, and that's the only strikes in the playlist. And then at the end of that season, they rotate out and you rotate in five more that have been updated, so they feel new and fresh, even though they're strikes you've already played. And then by the end of that season, you're sick of those five strikes and they rotate out and five more rotate in. Um, I don't know. One of the TWABs has to be Sandbox Changes, one has to be Festival, leaving five for that. Well, and again, that's presumptuous, isn't it? They could put Sandbox Changes and the Festival of the Law stuff in the same TWAB. They probably wouldn't. But they could also take the Sandbox Changes and slam that in with Artifact Changes. Or Artifact Changes could land with uh, Leveling Changes. They can always take... Two, they could always take two big themes and cover them in a single twab. They've done that before. Hey, here's what we're doing to damage perks, but that wasn't the only thing in the twab. So I, I don't, I don't want to presume that one twab will cover one thing. There could be twabs that cover a gamut uh, of things. And as I said, you could literally have a twab that's like, hey. This week, for example. Hey, in case you missed it, here's the Europa trailer and the Europa splash page. Cool. Now let's get into the talk. Uh, We're going to be walking through leveling and artifact changes. So now you had a TWAB that covers two big things. The new Europa trailer and information, as well as leveling and the artifact. So they're they're only limited. The only TWABs that really start to get limited and start to get jam-packed full are honestly the ones that go through um, significant sandbox changes. I mean, look at the one we recently got. Here are the updates we're making to Crucible, Strikes, and here's all the changes we made to Gambit as a game mode. Oh, also, here's the uh, here's the armor for the vendors. Oh, also, here's the pursuit weapon. That was a pretty busting at the seams twab. That was a lot of info. Now, somebody might have seen those as bullet points and been like, oh man, they only have so many twobs left. They're gonna to have to do an entire twab about gambit. No, not true. They did gambit, crucible, and strikes in the same one. Oh man, the armor and the pursuit weapon—that'll probably be in its own twab. No, it literally got thrown in with gambit, strikes, and crucible. So I don't want to. I think we're being too presumptuous in thinking like, oh, they only have so many twabs left. They're not gonna be able to cover all these topics when it's clear sometimes they will jam a bunch into just one in, into one and again, the marketing generally, generally does not take center stage in TWABs, it's a kickoff at the beginning, they do that with their streams, their vid docs, their trailers, their new splash pages in case you missed it, BAM, here's a link and then they move on into the blog post um if I remember, most of the stuff pre Shadowkeep was Sandbox, Armor 2.0 and details on the new stuff and the trailers that we got I'm expecting as much in these TWABs it's a set in stone method Trailers and VidDocs Docs will now things, TWABs go more in depth. Right, exactly. And the TWABs will point to the vid docs and, and trailers. You know? They'll point to it, but TWABs are never like, oh yeah, this week we're gonna we're gonna show you a trailer and a and a splash page, and that's the end of the TWAB. You'd be like, I don't understand. That stuff hit on Tuesday. Your blog post is nothing more than a than a than a, a, a neon sign pointing at something else. So I don't I don't think uh, I don't think we're up against a wall or anything I got I think they got plenty of time to talk about all the things they want to talk about I'm actually most curious to see if they'll do any type of stream or vid doc to explain if let's imagine there's a significant update to weapons because there might be are they going to put that in a vid doc or a stream or a twa like how's that information going to get handed down have Do they feel they've given us enough information about how stasis, fragments, and aspects work or are they going to want to showcase that? It just remains to be seen. They haven't really said. Tim says, with the extra time for Beyond Light, we might actually have a way better build-up, housekeeping, and launch experience. I mean, it's possible because that extra month and a half you're not necessarily going to crank out a bunch of extra content in a month month and a half, but you can certainly do more bolt tightening and more quality of life updates. Hey, we didn't think we were going to have time to do this until the winter season, but we were able to bring this nice quality of life update to the bounty system or, um, you know, to XP distribution or, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons, I mean, Adept Weapons coming to Trials before Season 13, that was a nice update to hear because it's like, all those weapons that are in there right now, you're you're going to be able to get them, you know, as an adept version. And I think that's a good I think that's a good a good way to handle that. So, Eknor says, is it fair to include new location strikes and PvP items in the fifty dollar value when these and quality of life things are free? You can almost buy a brand new game. How can the value of fifty dollars, uh, how can we how can we value fifty in a drip feeding game? Well, and I touched on this in the video, the free-to-play stuff's gobbling up the game if you really think about it. I mean, to, to some extent, it's unprecedented to look at a brand new planet, Europa, and know that anybody can go there. A free-to-play player, a player that doesn't buy Beyond Light, can go to Europa. And, and... The Beyond Light $40 expansion is getting handed to all Xbox Game Pass owners. They only need to spend the $10 for the season. I wonder if that's why they did it that way. They're like, listen, we're, we're going to lose out on this deal with Game Pass. we got to get some money from those people. $10 for the season is going to be required for them. It's possible that's why they they busted up the pricing structure. Um, but again, it's one of those things. It's If if they're if they're going to continue to hand a mountain of stuff to free to play players, it's fair to say, hey, I'm a paying consumer, what on earth am I getting here? That's why I showed the Season of Arrivals splash page. Season of Arrivals, if you're not really in tune with Destiny, it's a head scratcher. You're like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. $10 for what exactly? What exactly am I paying for? What is it? What am I getting?" It, 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 80% of the stuff listed here is also listed for the free to play player. So, what am I getting? It 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 gets it gets murky. The value transmission gets really really murky because it it's hard to distinguish am I am I actually getting more? Am I actually getting a substantive amount? Now, I know it's only $10, but this is why it, I think they need to be very very clear with different pages different trailers different lists because it's 40 and then 10 and in the past it was either just 40 or 35 and it included the season so that with, with a pricing structure change like this they've got to have their messaging on point or i think people will rightly say "Eh, <laughs> i don't know dude i i think i'm gonna wait or i'm gonna pass or whatever Varix is worth the 15 upcharge. I'm sold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was cool in the trailer, the fact that he's coming back, but again, that only is going to drive nostalgia for some people. That's not going to drive nostalgia for everyone. A lot of people aren't going to have any clue who he is. You know, a lot of Destiny 2 players, free-to-play players, and all of that will say I don't know, you know. All Beyond Light buyers are financing the Game Pass players. They can't make as much, even with the Microsoft buyout. There's no way for you to know that, though. I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge presumption that they're losing out on Game Pass and trying to make it back from us. If they're losing out on Game Pass, they wouldn't have signed. You know what I mean? Uh, Ashen Hollow says, should we really be asking if Beyond Light will have enough content to replace what's being removed when Bungie's removing content because the game is too large? Should we instead be asking how long the new content will be relevant? Well, this is obviously another way to approach the discussion, and this is usually the way I attack these discussions. When someone asks me the other day, might have been just yesterday, what I think about Outriders, I said, you know, I look at these games and I always ask the same question. I know, I know that you can create cool guns, characters, supers, uh, ultimates, enemies, fights, whatever. I know you can do that. I played Division and I had fun. I played Anthem and I had fun. There's no question. Fly around as Iron Man, fun cover-based shooter with cool technology. You know, I, I thought Division 2's early game, clearing the map, was super satisfying. Endgame, end game relevancy, endgame longevity just a freaking face plant what happened where is the game anthem nothing division shaky at best like just did not have a solid solid end game so this is always the question that we should be asking of a game are we going to have relevancy in the end game relevancy in the grind beyond three weeks beyond four weeks maintenance got extended by an hour really I, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I think it's, I think it's a challenge to, to properly, um, you know, set those expectations, not just about what you're getting, but about what is there, where's the depth and the substance. It's sometimes it's hard to communicate that. This is one of the reasons why when Luke Smith said two things, I want to know the answer to, he said, we're going to be reinvigorating core activities. Awesome. How, how are you doing that? give me details on how you're reinvigorating core activities and he said another re word refuel we're going to be refueling aspiration aspiration in the game refueling aspiration okay awesome how you know it's like not to get political but that's always the political thing right we're going to fix the economy how we're going to create new jobs how you know <laughs> it's like that in gaming too right when they're like oh we're going to give such a better end game experience that sounds great how <laughs> how is one of the most important questions in, in this day in this soundbite age how is a very important question how are you going to achieve it what's your plan of action what are you going to be doing to do that and those are some big questions that I have number one reinvigorating reinvigorating core content how are you achieving that why do I want to know that cause that's the meat and potatoes that's the, that's the giant funnel that's the strikes that's crucible that's, play, that, that's, that's, that's challenges flashpoint you know what I mean um somebody said something in the discord that I wanted to read it said Lono is spot on this can't let fandom get in the way of proper financial information on this we need to know clearly what we are getting and not getting yeah yeah I agree um yeah, just believe us. Yeah, maintenance has been extended um for one hour. Um So at the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I believe Beyond Light and the new stuff is gonna be really fun and really enjoyable. It's not about that. Don't don't flip this around like, oh, is Lono saying this isn't gonna be worth this isn't gonna be worth this isn't gonna be worth. Gonna be worth. It's that's not what I'm saying. It's, are you going to win people over? Are you going to convince people that this content is worth it, that it's substantive enough to justify a $50 price point? I think it's totally fair for somebody to hold a $50 bill in their hands and be like, convince me, Bungie, why should I give this to you? Most of what you've shown me so far is free for everybody. I'm not seeing any reason to give you the 50 you know? dracus pander hi lono how reasonable would it be for Bungie to conclude a price hike is okay because the market will bear it and game prices have been static for years again this is really similar to i think it was question number one you know question number one i i I know that that is it might be a valid reason and so do you right you wrote this as an intelligent person, you know, yeah, market value, market demands there, uh, you know, inflation, yeah, there's, there's clearly, you know, there's clearly a, 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 price, a price freeze for the past, you know, what, I mean, I'm 39 and, you know, so it's 20, you know, what is it's 2020 and in the 90s, early 90s when I was in high school and going, you know, going from middle school to high school. So 30 years ago, video games cost basically the same. I mean, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's like a price freeze. Go back in time 30 years ago. Go to 1990 and go buy anything. Go buy a movie. Go buy an album. Go buy a cheeseburger, right? It, it, it was way cheaper, right? Go buy a video game. They were they were 50 and sometimes 60 dollars and now they're they're 60 bucks almost almost across the board um, I remember getting Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo and I'm fairly certain it was 59.99 because we took back the my brothers want to get the joy con the, the, whatever it was called the joystick thing I was like what are, what are we gonna do with what are we gonna do with this and we took it back and traded it uh, that was back when they let you trade that kind of stuff in you aren't 39 no way. I'll be, you yeah, know, I will. I'll be 39. I was born in 1981. I'll be 39 in, uh, about a month. I'm showing age a little bit. Like I looked at a picture on a Facebook memory. Uh, it was from 10 years ago and I was like, oh wow, I do look a little bit older now, you know, in my, in my face, around my eyes and stuff. I'm, I'm showing a little bit of wear. <laughs> Some of that might be just how tired I am from all the, all the stress this year and everything I've been through. Uh, I'm, I'm looking a little I'm looking a little rung out <laughs> I'm looking a little rung out like a rag um, but yeah I am I am uh, I'm 39 there was a there's a funny story. I went to a uh, it's total wine and more and uh, a woman's you know she's checking out she's she's scanning my stuff she has to see my ID. And I'm like I, I really don't get my S for ID all that often anymore and I mean I know they have to and she looks at it and she's like huh. she sees how old I am she's like 81 I said yeah she's like "Mm, you just keep doing your regiment honey (laughs) Uh, and I was like thank you (laughs) put a little pep in my step I was like oh I appreciate that I got a little bit of grey in my beard and I'll get grey hair on my head every once in a while like one random grey hair and my wife always yanks them like pulls them out like pulls it right out of my head (laughs) so uh, so yeah um, total, total side issue here, but yeah, I mean, obviously, my age is playing a part in the answer. You know, the prices of games have been very static uh, for years. And back in 1990, I mean, I remember, I remember going to the Rite Aid. I would walk to the Rite Aid, and I would buy a six pack of Surge. So This is six cans of soda, six cans of pop. Originally, from where I'm from, we called it pop. Six cans of pop for a dollar. I got to get a six pack for a dollar. I took them to school and I sold them for a dollar a piece. I made as easy as five bucks I could make. I'd go every day. I made five bucks a day. Five bucks a day at school selling surge. You know, a dollar? People hand you a dollar. Yeah, sure. Here's a dollar. Here's a dollar for a surge. And I'm getting a six pack for the same price. Um,. You know, so I was I was slinging I was slinging surge in high school, and that's how cheap stuff was back then. You know, it was it was a lot cheaper. And video games have, have largely uh, they've largely stayed you know rock solid on price. Now, again, as intelligent adults that can have a conversation without yelling at each other, we can all sit here and say, yeah, this might be the beginning of price increases on stuff. And it's totally fine because of inflation. But will the market and will the consumer base accept that as the answer? In just 12 months time? Think about it like that. In just 12 months time, Keep was 35, had a season included. Beyond Light with its season is 50. It's a $15 price increase. Is that from inflation or am I going to get more than we got in Keep? I would hope that they can clearly say... Here's roughly everything you got in Shadow Shadowkeep. Here's all the extra stuff that you're getting. Here's all the, the, the greater size, you know, because the, 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 the moon was is, is honestly pretty big. The moon's pretty big, and they added a lot to it, you know? If you're under uh, the age of 18, uh, don't put that in chat. I'm going to remove that message. Uh, and then there's another one up there. Don't ever, don't ever put your age or your, any information about yourself in chat if you are not an adult. In general, uh, if you're, even if you're an adult, you would, you should, you won't really want to put personal information in. You never want to put things like your age, uh, sometimes the city you're born in you want to avoid, you know, not always. I mean, if that's all you're letting people know, uh, Matt. With a five dollar tip, born in eighty three. I remember when Surge Vendor came to my high school and handed out free cans, the good old days. I had a surge sampler. It was a CD that came in a 12 pack. It came in a 12 pack. And it uh it had uh Jimmy E World on it and so many good bands. That's that's how I got introduced to Jimmy E. World was that Surge Sampler. It was uh, it was a that was actually a great C D. It really was. What is surge, man? These young bloods don't know, man. I don't know. Don't reach, young blood. Uh, Formal logic. With the price increase and the closer ties to Microsoft, do you feel this is a way to lean people more toward Game Pass? I mean, we could probably put on tinfoil hats and come up with a thousand different theories about how this is related, uh, or or not to Game Pass. Somebody said earlier we're subsidizing Game Pass, right? You're saying it a totally different way. Now this is to push people to Game Pass. Just get Game Pass, and then all you need to do is spend ten dollars, and you get the season that comes with Beyond Light. You know, um, it. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, uh, it's. We could come up with. We could come up with any 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 variety of of reasons why uh, that this is going on. It, it, they're not going to come out and say. So it certainly is possible they teamed up with Microsoft and they said, "Man, you know th- th- this is a this is going to be a great way to get people to buy or to switch over to uh to to the to the to, the, to Microsoft to the, I'm sorry to the Microsoft Game Pass." Um, or they could have said, we're going we're gonna to lose money on this Game Pass deal. We better raise the price. We better make people buy the season individually. Um, listen, it could be as simple as this. It could be as simple as this. We need to monetize the season because we're not including it in Game Pass. So it needs a price point out of necessity. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't have bundled it in oh yeah, if you buy if you buy uh, Beyond Light it's bundled, it gets bundled in we're just throwing it in, if you do Game Pass it's going to cost you the 10 spot you know uh, so, I, you know what I mean yeah, I'm not a boomer, if you're born in 81 you are not a boomer um, we are at um, we're at 666 likes, we're going to need you guys to fix that uh, we're going to need you guys to fix that 666 likes we cannot abide that. Let's hit seven hundred. Let's get a nice seven hundred going, and uh, and leave this leave this demon number behind us. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you guys for being here. By the way, if you're new to this format, this is kind of something that we do uh, throughout the week. It's like an interactive podcast. I pick a subject. We talk about it. You can submit questions as long as you're a paying member. We're going we're gonna to potentially do a VIP call-in if there's demand for it. If you're a VIP paying member, you can call in and talk to me live in Discord. It's its own segment. Uh, the easiest way to support me is to click subscribe. Clicking subscribe is free. It helps the channel. It helps me. And then clicking the like button is also uh, helpful. It, um it helps this show up in recommendation algorithms so when we roll it over to 700 that's super super helpful so thank you for being here I appreciate you guys supporting the channel so so much we'll be covering all the information leading up to beyond light and obviously when it comes out we'll be playing a bunch we'll be playing a bunch and and, and breaking everything down uh just yesterday we talked about the prospect of maybe the artifact is leaving so if you like safe for work podcast conversational driven content I'm I'm your uh, I'm your guy. Savage Sharkbite says, is it possible that Bungie is trying to make up for any potential revenue loss due to Destiny 2 coming to Game Pass? Yeah, this is a repeat. We've already dealt with this one. I honestly am just going to say, I think this is the least, least likely reason. Uh, They wouldn't have gone to Game Pass and been like, oh, we're going to lose money. Now we got to make it back on season, on season being monetized and broken out. I really don't think so. Quad says, Do you think it is fair to hike up the price by a fourth or so since we pay a subscription to play every three months? Activision is gone and Bungie are banking more uh, of this money, yet they charge more. Well, I... To be, to be fair, a, a subscription fee every three months, first and foremost, it's not a traditional subscription fee. I know what you're saying in essence, but it's not a subscription fee because you can skip a season and keep on playing. That's one of the reasons that I don't think a subscription fee will ever get any traction in Destiny because nobody's going to want to accept the fact that If they take a season off, or they don't pay right away, they lose access to the the game and to their character. They've gone in the exact opposite direction with Free-to-Play Entry Point. So, I think that's a little disingenuous to call it a subscription fee. Every three months, you have the option to add content for $10. It's pretty, number one, it's really cheap. $3.33 a month is dirt cheap and you're not required uh, to to pay that it's 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 totally optional it's a la carte you know for extra content to add to your to add to your experience so i and and in light of that to be like oh activision's gone and now they're making even more money Breaking from Activision was incredibly risky. So if Bungie came out on top and is being successful in making money, that doesn't suddenly mean that pricing structures should be gutted. Oh, everything should be cheaper because you guys are doing well. You know, if you're if you're having a successful business enterprise, the last thing you're going to do is start gutting prices. Because like, oh, we had a pretty good year. Let's slash our prices. Um, yo, what's good, uh, BazB99? Um... 81, a millennial, it feels like pre-90s shouldn't be lumped in the same categories as post-90s. PC and the internet were not nearly as common. I am like right smack dab in the middle. I'm an 81, you know, 1981. So I have the work ethic of my dad, but I have more of the more of the sentimentality of a younger generation. Like, I'm not like, I, I, I was getting out of high school when the, the self-esteem you know, infection was happening, giving everybody a participation trophy, don't fail anybody, um, all of that happened as I was graduating high school, so I missed, I missed all that, um, you know, I I missed, I missed out on the, the coddling and the, the snowflake generation, is 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 a little younger than me, but I'm also not old enough to be considered like a boomer. I mean, the, does anybody actually even know where the term boomer comes from? A baby boomer, the generation that you know just had to show up and made easy money, and cost of living was great, and buying a house is a lot you know more reasonable and affordable. And that generation doesn't understand why this generation is struggling because the wealth gap's enormous. You know, inflation has has skyrocketed and annual annual median and in, in, in average income hasn't tracked with it and they wonder why we're struggling and 50% of people now are like living with their parents and you know skyrocketing people having to move back in you know with their parents but they're like just work hard just go get a job you know I need four to make ends meet dad you know so uh, <laughs> anyway anyway to go back to the question like I in in general, breaking with Activision doesn't necessitate them making everything super, super cheap and, and um, you know, not not super uh, oh man, they're making money so they should make everything cheap. That's generally not how it's going to work. Now, on that same note and on that same token though, I need clear communication about what I get for the 40 and what I get for the 10. Don't muddle it all together and make it murky. Don't do what you did for season of arrivals, where it looks like I'm getting basically as much as a free-to-play player and like two or three more things for the ten spot. That wasn't good communication. Especially considering we waited until arrivals was out to even see that. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I don't know it, it that that really didn't. I don't think that really encouraged a lot of purchase. If you were on the fence, wanted information about season of arrivals, you're like, "What are we getting? What's going to be included?" And then they they put up that splash page. Well, I mean, come on, did that convince you? It honestly looked like a bunch of stuff that was free and a handful of things that you get if you're if you're willing to spend. And not that we didn't get, I think I, I think I need to be clear on this. I think we got our money's worth in season of arrivals for the 10 spot i really do i think we got our money's worth i don't think it was like a ripoff or anything i'm speaking purely from a communication angle of if you're curious if you're curious about the value and what you're going to get then it's it's really really i think going to need to be spelled out in in good detail as to what you'll be getting in beyond light, and then completely separate what you're going to be getting in the season, because I believe those things are uh, are separate. I think they're separate. I, I think they're separate value points. Um, they're they're separate. They're separate. You know, things. Disagree. They had a deficit with season of the worthy. Well, again, but if you argue there was a deficit in season of the worthy, that doesn't mean they have to like pay you back in season of of uh, of arrivals uh that's not really how that works i mean ten dollars is nothing i mean that's pennies on the hour even if you even if you just played through the campaign mission of worthy and got to do the mission where you went down and saw rasputin you know i i don't know it's 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 so cheap you know no one should post information Don't even post a picture with your mailbox number. I had someone post a picture of their mailbox. It took me less than five minutes to find the rest of their address. Yeah, you should always be very careful uh, with anything personal information about you. You always want to be generic with your name, uh, with the city that you live in, and again, you never want to put your age. Um, So. Fear the Reaper. With Microsoft buying companies, do you fear they will try to do what they did with Bungie again, controlling a company... Uh, controlling what companies make well I mean those articles came out and Pete Parsons made it pretty clear that that's not how it went down now they didn't specify how it went down that article that was like Microsoft tried multiple times to buy Bungie but you know Bungie wanted too much money if someone's like well that's not true okay that doesn't mean that Microsoft didn't try to buy them it doesn't Microsoft still could have tried to buy them and the reason for the sale not going through could have been completely unrelated to like a price point situation. It 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 could have literally been we don't want to. <laughs> you know? Or the offer they looked at and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's not good enough." You know, and that gets misconstrued like where there's smoke, there's fire, dude. I think Microsoft did make an offer of sorts. They like I they had to of. That that rumor didn't materialize out of thin air. You know, it didn't materialize out of thin air. I, I believe Microsoft did make an offer. Given that they just bought Bethesda, I like, think, you know, I think that's happening. The question is, are they going to start controlling what companies make? Well, I mean, look at some of the games that have come out from companies that they bought. I would look at Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and then obviously when Hellblade 2 comes out, judge that judge those games based on their merits. Did Microsoft interfere? No, I don't think so. Didn't look like it to me. It's just good funding. And then console preference, obviously. I don't know if Ori and the Will of the Wisps will ever land on... Did it land? It, did it ever land on? Did Ori ever land on PlayStation at all? I know it's PC and it's landing on Switch, um, but I don't know if it ever landed on Sony. Cruxley, you have to be a paying member to submit questions. Uh, that's just that's something that we instituted when we moved over here to YouTube, and it's really cleaned up Q and A uh, quite a bit. Um, many devs have come out and said that Xbox have been hands off and just give money and resources. Yeah, I mean, if... I, I can't see... I can't see repeating those problems, spending that kind of money, and then trying to interfere. I mean, again, Ori and the Will of the Wisps would be an example, and then Hellblade 2 would be an example. When it comes out, um... You know, it's possible... Uh, it's possible that they should have been more hands-on with Halo. You know, maybe they should have been more hands-on, and they wouldn't it wouldn't have run into the problems that it ran into. Um... Microsoft has ha, has never made a games company better after taking them over. Well, you're provably wrong with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. You're provably lo- wrong with, I guess, Spiritfarer. That was another one. Didn't they buy up Lotus? Um, there's plenty of games that have come out that have been excellent. So you can't, like, I don't like those kind of statements. Like, there's no way for you to substantively prove that. That's just a bald claim. And it's provably wrong. We've had some great games come out. Like, is, is is ninja theory going to come out and be like yeah hellblade 2 is going to suck cuz you know they uh they bought us out and they ruined us also uh, like what what decade are you talking about with with id at 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 xbox and microsoft there's been plenty of games and plenty of uh smaller studios and 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 independent companies that have been scooped up and have been cranking out great games have any of those games come out and said no, this has been this has been a bad experience. Moon Studios isn't owned by Microsoft, they're an independent studio. Well, but they published the game. I mean, I guess they didn't buy Moon, they but they published the game. They're publishing Hellblade 2, or did they buy Ninja Theory? I can't remember if they bought Ninja Theory. I think there's a difference between buying and publishing. It's obviously very very similar. Um I you know, And right now, how many companies have they actually purchased and how many companies are they just actively publishing? That would be a question. Oh, they did buy Ninja Theory. Okay, so they bought Ninja Theory. They just bought Bethesda. What other companies have they bought? I know a lot of those independent studios. Were they buying them or becoming their publisher for ID at Xbox? Across the board, devs have praised Xbox. Not sure where you're getting your info. Rare and Lionhead days, yeah. But I don't know when that was. You know what I'm saying? I, like right now, there's a strategy shift at Microsoft. Microsoft is attempting to fill its funnel, its service funnel, with great stuff. Part of doing that is scooping up devs so they can just funnel everything into the Game Pass. So you'll never, you'll never want to leave Game Pass. That's the strategy right now. Um. Didn't they buy the Forza homies? Yeah, I don't I actually don't know. Um, yeah, I got one rookie from Amazon. I used the app. So since Phil Spencer took over they've been way different. Yeah, I would worry that your claim might be true 10 years ago, but we're in a different era now. The, you know the Phil Spencer taking over, them moving away from exclusivity, them moving more towards service based selling incentives. With Game Pass and then the xCloud and then the Play Anywhere, you know, I, I feel like they've been singing a different tune for a long time. It sounds like, it, it sounds like the people that are like, well, Microsoft's going to be anti-crossplay. It's like, well, you got old, outdated information, man. They're pro cross play now. Um, so... It'll obviously remain to be seen if it's a good relationship like the one with Bethesda. Like, I'm not a fanboy. I'm not sitting here saying, oh no, Microsoft's going to make everything roses. But to say every studio that they'd ever taken over has never been bettered by it, I-, I don't know if that's if that's something you can substantiate. With You have a couple of studios that maybe it went poorly with. It's a two-way street. It's not all on Microsoft. That's the other thing we don't know. If there were bad experiences or, you know, as an experiment, it went poorly is there complete death of halo uh again that's just one franchise though but how much oversight did they have over 343 and what went into halo infinite we don't know um xbox games will be on the playstation about five years or less the ceo of microsoft wants it and he gets to choose yeah i mean i like i said i could see them they've been saying they want to move away from exclusives anyway super expensive be fair, Bungie Halo hits different. 343 is trying, but Bungie uh, is just special. Again, I know it's their company. I know 343 is their company. Just because they own the company doesn't mean they have direct oversight of everything going on. I can come in, a wealthy person can come in and buy your restaurant and never try to change anything managerially at, at the at the location. And the location still sucks, even though some, some great restaurant mogul buys it. Um... It's not just Infinite, I believe Halo 4 up was 343. I would be curious how much Microsoft has with has oversight over what 343 has done. How much control have have they, you know, have they exercised over those games? Like are you going to try and hang Halo Infinite around Microsoft's neck when they're writing a check, they're not making the game? That'd be the question I would have. Like internally, what's it look like? Um you know, a bunch of old Halo devs have joined 343. Well, maybe they can help. Um, so, Microsoft buying a game or company doesn't doesn't mean it's automatically going to be terrible. Um, th- sometimes that could be correlation and not causation. It, like Microsoft buys five companies, and two of them are a train wreck, and they it's a disaster. Well, yeah. Look what Microsoft did. Well, is there any evidence of that? Do you have internal intel? Do you have some sort of a leaker that let you know that like that that was all on Microsoft? It was their fault, or was the company a train wreck? You know, Halo Infinite. It's you know I've heard that too. Somebody's putting in chat. Three four three outsourced a lot of Halo Infinite. If that's true, if Halo Infinite had a lot of its work outsourced to other companies, you're gonna hang that on Microsoft, or was that a decision that you know three four three executives made? For, for bandwidth allocation and uh, and efficiency and deadline meeting. And then it hurts the game's quality. Oh, yeah, look, look at what Microsoft did. I, I don't know if it's that simple. I don't know if it'll ever be that simple. There's a lot of moving parts. When a company is bought and then continues to make game content, we don't know to what degree the parent company has control over the end product. I mean, that happened with Gearbox and Aliens uh, Colonial Marines. There was a class action lawsuit, and Gearbox was absolved of all charges, because when they looked at it, they were like, no, Gearbox actually tried to fix this. They were in a contract with another company. That company completely dropped the ball. The game was a disaster, and everybody wants to blame the parent company. Everybody wanted to blame Gearbox, and it's like, no, no, no. We had a, had a, a company building this for us, and they completely flubbed it. Um... And so the actual investigation cleared them of, do, of, of wrongdoing of, or of charges to be like, it wasn't on them. That's not why this happened. Uh, and a lot of people still to this day believe that, you know, Gearbox is to blame for aliens, you know, colonial marines. To be honest, sometimes publishers need to be more intrusive. It's fine to be hands off, but we've seen enough Anthems, Fallout 76, Mass Effect Andromeda to last a lifetime. New Halo has cost over 500 million so far. Phil and the CEO won't be happy at all. They just can't say anything right now. Oh, I'm sure heads are rolling. People have to be very worried about their their future after the embarrassment of Halo Infinite. I mean, that was a that was supposed to be a big moment for Microsoft's presser. You know, consumer confidence in the new console got damaged by Halo Infinite. Do you have any idea how frustrating that would be? 343 builds the game. Microsoft's, you know, entrusting them with that, publishing that, paying for that to happen, and it comes in and hurts the general reception of the Xbox Series X. I mean, that, that's that got to be infuriating. this This console they've been working on, all these upgrades, all this tech research that they've done, all the marketing and then their flagship title comes in and sabotages their entire their entire release their entire reveal stream Um, it really really hurt and thankfully for Microsoft they have a lot of value they can sell the console on and Sony didn't do didn't really fare much better you know how's your channel still up? because facts and truth are really inconvenient for liars Sven to piggyback off the last question, do you think Microsoft will try to ride the coattails of Bungie's good graces lately, and possibly contract them to develop a new Halo? I can't see that. No, I don't think. I don't think Bungie's vision for the future, as it's been outlined by Pete Parsons, includes uh, includes shouldering anything with Halo. Um, anything. You know, I, I don't think so. I think the I think the, the their future, as outlined by Pete Parsons, was that um, they want to be a multi-franchise uh, developer by 2025 with Destiny 2 significantly evolved. You know what I mean? That's that's what I would say. It when you read that when you read that then. It's like I don't see Halo squaring with that. I see that's 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 Matter, and then that's that's Destiny Two being significantly evolved. I listen. Let's be honest. They they had Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios help them hit bandwidth and help them hit deadlines. They don't have them anymore. I can't see them allocating any bandwidth to another franchise in addition to what they're trying to do with Destiny Two and trying to do whatever they're doing with Matter. Now, more than likely, more than likely. Matter is going to have a pretty small team on it, but that's still people that are at Bungie that likely got pulled off of uh, of of Destiny. So, but good question. I mean, I I actually would look at it the other way that Bungie would tap Microsoft to say, "Help us build Destiny three in the background for the next five to six years, build it in Slip Space or another engine, and let us." Uh, and let us launch it like with your dedicated server backbone, with xCloud like, Microsoft's really invested in Destiny all of a sudden and that could spell uh, really, really good things for the future and that could put a Destiny 3 back on the table Destiny 3 is not presently on the table Microsoft could put it there right? Microsoft could put Destiny 3 right back on the table and say, I know you said in an interview that that's not something you're planning on doing right now we can assist with that. We can give Destiny a ten-year future, five in this engine and then five in another, and go in t- and go literally for for a while. Um, you know, it's. But again, I'm not really pushing that narrative anymore. I'm not pushing that narrative anymore. Um, you know, because it's uh it's 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 becoming apparent that there is a relationship between microsoft and bungie and i want to wait until we get on the other side of beyond light to really see if there's any more details that come out from that um of all the things that would happen between them i think bungie working on anything with halo or anything like that is the least uh likely consulting maybe i'll give you a maybe There's not a lot of people at Bungie anymore that even worked on original Halo days, so I don't even know what kind of consulting they'd be able to offer, so. That's plenty of questions. The VIP session will start soon if we have people that want to do call-ins, and then uh, those, again, the VIP and Q&A sessions are available uh, to paying members. Paying members can see those as individual uploads previously you could only get those through timestamps so if you're not a paying member there will be timestamps below for those and uh you know if you're a paying member you can get those links okay so if you're listening to this as an audio version uh you can get access to that virtually anywhere podcast hit and as always if you are watching or listening elsewhere and not live please like share and subscribe